Hey everyone, this is uh, Paul Dick, owner of Stark Strength and Conditioning, Stark CrossFit. Um, we are about a month away from moving into our brand new location at 781 Capellus Road. We're pretty excited about that because currently our, our space is about 1,800 square feet with about 800 square feet of uh, actual exercise space. Um, our new space is uh, close to about 7,000 square feet, including a, a mezzanine level. So we've got some really cool stuff happening um, in the new space, some new programs. So definitely going to be continuing with our, our CrossFit and fitness uh, options for workouts, our weightlifting um, we have uh, a new program coming out called Stark Fit that has no barbells related to the classes. So if you're interested in using stuff like kettlebells and sandbags and sleds, rings, med balls, um, battle ropes, all that kind of stuff, we're going to be doing some uh, fun workouts that are that are geared towards uh, really just getting that heart rate up, some metabolic conditioning, 45-minute uh, sweat sessions where we're really going to be still focusing on a lot, of, a lot of form and a lot of technique. And our goal is still to get those, uh, those athletes better. But it's not going to be as highly technical as uh, some of the CrossFit classes where we're hitting uh, Olympic lifting movements, uh, overhead squats, things like that uh, with with the barbell so some pretty cool uh things going on there we're going to have some extended times for uh for open gym and for uh for our weightlifting classes as well so an hour for a weightlifting class isn't a, a ton of time to kind of come in get warmed up um go over some skill work get some heavy lifting done and uh, there's usually not a whole lot of time to finish with any like pulls and squats and stuff like that so if you are an athlete who is wanting to uh to get stronger in those lifts and uh, you really do like putting in, you know, work and time and grinding out reps under, under coaches supervision, then uh, those are going to be some great options for you. Um, we are having, uh, we're starting this week too with some demo classes, some free demo classes for Stark Yoga. Uh, we've got Jordan teaching uh, the Stark Yoga classes. Uh, it is this Tuesday night at 7.30. So if you can make that or even give us a call, 204-421-8801 uh, or email us info at starkstrength.com uh, to register and uh, give the class a try. So it's a free class uh, for all our members and even for some non-members if you want to come try it out. Uh, it's going to be a yin-style yoga with uh, a major focus on holding poses so that you can allow your your body to uh, to kind of sink into those poses. So allowing those muscles to elongate, uh, work on some joint mobility, so getting getting some extra range in those joints. And then uh, even allowing those connective tissues to uh, to kind of loosen up a little bit more if they are uh, a bit more restrictive from day-to-day -day activities like sitting behind a desk or behind the wheel of a vehicle or, um, you know, where, wherever you're, you're stuck working. Um, but anyways, uh, we've got uh, our fifth podcast coming up right now. Uh, we've got Sean that's coming in. He's uh, one of our newer members, started at uh, it was the end of January 2017 this year. He's been an awesome uh, an awesome addition to our uh, to our community. And uh, this is basically going to be like you know getting off the couch, jumping into base camp, and uh, taking on CrossFit classes. So we're gonna we're gonna hear from Sean, and uh, yeah, looking forward to it. I hope you are too. Okay, everyone, we've got uh, Sean with us here. So uh, just gonna pass the mic over to him, and uh, he's gonna tell us a little bit about himself. So who are you, Sean? <clears throat> who is Sean Livingstone? Um, I'm a 33-year-old average Joe, uh, born and raised in Kenora, Ontario. I uh, got a sister, she's a pain in the ass. Uh, have a dad, I uh, have a mom, but she passed away when I was 16. And uh, have a stepmom in the picture who's, who's great, so good family unit. I've lived in Winnipeg for 13 years now. Married uh, seven years this June something or other, June 25th. It was one year to the day that Michael Jackson died. And you would be amazed how many people were like, oh, because of Michael Jackson, because I did the thriller dance at my wedding. And I was like, no, it's about Farrah Fawcett, because she also died the same day, and nobody cares about that. Uh, anyways, um, 
so yeah, that, that I live in the East Kildonan area. I'm close to Stark. Uh, my sister-in-law comes here, and uh, she got me into Stark about January or so. There was a sick Groupon, and uh, jumped on board. All right. Thank you for, for all that background, Sean. That's pretty good. So uh, what, was, what was your athletic background before uh, coming into CrossFit? So I don't really know what uh, kind of where you started. And uh, yeah, you, you, you tell us. Okay. Okay. So I was uh, often a goalie or a pitcher, something stationary, <laughs> official scorekeeper, <laughs> uh, boundary referee yeah i don't have much of a of a of an athletic background uh truthfully uh i was always the chubby kid uh throughout high school in particular and uh i did some light activity i did a lot of walking but not really much of anything and uh coming into crossfit i had done some kind of loose basement workouts uh 20 minute ab crushers on youtube and i just never had much organization to it all right, so not not a whole lot of structure, but you've you've been moving. You're not like completely stationary. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, uh, so you had mentioned like uh, your sister-in-law Sam uh, brought you in for uh, for a free class first of all, and um, yeah, that uh, that first free class, I was kind of like looking at the roster and I was like, oh man, I don't know if this guy's gonna gonna come back. Um, do you do you remember your first first class? Yeah. Yeah, I do remember my first class. I do. I remember tasting blood within like, about, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, I do remember, I remember coming into a seven, I think it was like a 7.15 a.m. class. And I was like, this is retarded. It, it's like Tuesday at 7.15 in the morning. Who would be coming here to do this? And there was Sam and there was two other ladies in there. I believe one of them is Irene. Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I heard the other girl's name escapes me, but all super nice. Megan? Uh, no, uh, Megan was in a follow-up class. <laughs> in, <laughs> Megan, yeah. Hi, Megan. Uh, she, yeah. So I went. Uh, the Lori Kraus, Coach Kraus. She uh, was really good. She kind of gave me some some preliminary background as to what we were going to do. I modified everything, uh, used very little weight, and it was really intense. It was really involved, but at the same time, I was remarked by um, just the 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 comfort that everybody had with each other. Everybody spoke very freely with one another. We joked, we laughed. Uh, Lori uh, Kraus, within a short period of time, her and I were sassing back and forth. <laughs> As she does, she, she's lippy. Every once in a while, she's yeah. mouthy. Yeah. You're mouthy, Kraus. No, I'm just kidding. You're not. Uh, yeah, uh, that class was really involved. And then I thought to myself, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll come back and do this again, sure, in like three weeks. And uh, there was a great deal. And um, yeah, I just wanted to keep trying it. So I got into it. Cool. So that, uh, that initial class for people, they usually, uh, you know, some people look around and they see what others are doing, lifting, um, the movements they're doing. And, you know, we've, we've got some athletes that have been here for, you know, three, four, five years. So it's really cool to, to see what some of them are doing, but you know, you got to keep in mind that everyone, everyone has to start somewhere. So not, not all of them had those movements when they, when they started. So it's pretty, uh, you know, it's pretty cool to see athletes progress. And, uh, I don't know, just, uh, maybe watching what some of the other people were doing. How did you, you know, how did you feel about, uh, you had mentioned that coach Kraus ended up uh, scaling the, the workout for you, which is, you know, totally cool. And that's exactly what I want for newer athletes to, you know, when they're coming in to try the, yeah. try the gym out and, uh, just making sure that, uh, they're comfortable with the movements and not being pushed uh, too, too much right off the bat. Very true. Actually, that was one thing that I really remarked about. There is a huge misconception out there for those of you listening about CrossFit. And I'm sure if you are following this podcast, you have an appreciation and an understanding of what this sport entails and what this athleticism entails. But coming in in January, yeah, I really thought 
I'm going to be doing Murph and dragging my body with a 50 pound weight on it to start. And I was super impressed with um, the attention to technique and making sure that there was good range of motion and a, a sense of comfort and understanding and comprehension of what you were doing long before it was, okay, now go do 50 of it. Um, I don't even think I got weight. Uh, for the first month almost. I mean, and that was through base camp. I mean, with the exception of doing a little bit here and there, once I got into the first wad, I remember I had to demonstrate for you five front squats with just a PVC pipe, then just a bar, then a bar with 10 pounds, right? So um, that was a really important uh, aspect for me is that I got a completely different, like a 180 perspective on my misconceptions of CrossFit. Yeah, I think um, I think some people that are you know maybe seeing YouTube videos or just like hearsay from other people that have maybe even you know never even tried uh, classes out, they have uh, you know a, a misconception about that. And we do have people that come into base camp and they're like, yeah, I told my friends I was going to be you know trying CrossFit and that, and their friends told them like you're going to get destroyed, and and that's you know what that's not the goal. And and sometimes we have like members bring in you know a friend or family member or whatever, and it's like yes, I want you to kill them, and it's like well that's you know that's not the goal yeah, because typically <laughs> yeah they 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 won't come back then if you if you destroy someone so much in a workout like you know usually they don't want to you know, come back. It's not, it's not fun. It's not enjoyable. It's not really sustainable. And, uh, you know, we definitely focus on mechanics, consistency, then intensity and intensity is, you know, relative to the individual as well. So if you're just getting off the couch and you're carrying a bit of extra weight and you haven't, you know, exercised in like five or 10 or 20 years, like, you know, just like, getting, like you said, getting someone to do Murph with a, a weight vest on their first workout. And they, yeah. And it's like, you know, check the, check the obituaries next week because uh, you might have to be looking out for that person. But no, that's, that's not it. Like I said, mechanics, uh, consistency, and intensity is what we want to see with athletes and uh, definitely what we, what we want to promote in, uh, in our base camp. So that's our onboarding process for members. So before everyone, uh, anyone jumps into classes, even if they've been like, you know, like I said, just getting off the couch or if they've uh, been working out for 20 years, we, we still get people doing base camp because a lot of them haven't done the movements that we're doing in here. We, the conditioning, like we don't have any mirrors in here and, and that's, that's a bit of a complaint from <laughs> some people. But, uh, but um, not having any mirrors, like I want people to learn how their body is feeling, you know, through different ranges of motion when you're doing movements. Like if you're in the garage moving something or at work and you're lifting and bending and twisting, typically you don't have a mirror set up in front of you or beside you so that you can see if your mechanics, you know, if you're maintaining consistency. <laughs> Some sometimes the mirrors are used for yeah looking at yourself rather than looking at your your form and, and technique. So, but with with all that being said, um, you know, t tell us a little bit of, or tell our listeners about base camp. Like, what was your experience? It's it's three times a week for two weeks, about ninety minute sessions. Sometimes we go over just because we'd rather, you know, spend that extra time working with people, making sure that they're learning appropriately and uh, not rushing it. But uh, what was what was your experience with that there, Sean? Uh, base camp was an awesome experience, actually. It was, um, again, it was a, a lot of misconceptions kind of being dispelled. I walked into the base camp and there was a huge cross-section of people in my class, uh, men and women obviously, older, younger, some with kids, some without, some that worked nights, some that were bigger than me, some that were in far, far greater shape than me. And uh, I was remarked at the, the level of kind of comfort that kind of came, because everybody was novice, and I think that you guys do a really good job in instilling that, that it, it doesn't really matter what your prowess is in athleticism, you could be you know, a track star or an Olympian quality athlete, or you could just be getting off the couch the base camp is the great leveler and it kind of reveals aspects about your body and your athleticism that you maybe didn't realize uh, that you were good at. Like, you know, I was surprised that I could do, you know, I could do five push-ups without breaking a sweat. And I thought to myself, well, that's really great. I'm, I'm really good at doing push-ups and you guys are take it upon yourself to kind of embrace when we're doing things correctly. And it was a really 
organic process. Basecamp, you, you learned together. There was familiarity through the uh, exercises. People really bonded, and you yourself and the other coaches do a really good job in making sure that everybody's collectively on the same page, that nobody's just kind of wandering out on their own trying to trying to do a deadlift or trying to lift a kettlebell over their head, you're, you're watching us. And I think that level of attention in particular was really awesome as part of Basecamp. You felt almost like you were getting individualized coaching, even though you were in a group setting. How many are in cool. Basecamp? Base camp? Like how many people can go in a Basecamp at a time? We, so Sean was just asking how many people in Basecamp at a time. Um, sometimes we have like four or five people in there. Sometimes there's 16. So it all depends kind of on the, you know, depending on the season, um, where, where people are at and uh, I guess level of motivation. But yeah, sometimes we have... We have a lot of people in there, and usually we'll try to get you know another another coach, or we might have someone in our coaches development program hanging out and helping out, um, and uh, and just kind of like learning learning the ropes sort of thing. And you know, it's it's totally different watching athletes that are that have been coming for a while and uh, have good movement patterns. But even when they you know have been coming for a while and have good movement patterns, you can always get better. Mm-hmm. But uh, then scaling for that person who has never done a squat or, you know, doesn't have the, the ankle mobility to squat uh, to, to full depth, like, you know, how are you going to modify for that person? And that's a, that's a huge thing for me because mm-hmm. not everyone is built the same. Not everyone has the same, you know, level of strength and mobility. And uh, we, we do have to modify accordingly for those people. And uh, it doesn't mean, you know, if they have some restrictions when they're starting out, it doesn't mean that they're always going to have those restrictions. It might just take a little bit of extra work for them to, you know, get a bit stronger, get some more mobility, and then they can hit better positions and movements. Yeah, I, I, I was going to say, I absolutely agree. And I think there is a level of responsibility that comes to the individual that's in base camp uh, in that if they're, I was shocked about modifications and you know as I said I was kind of intimidated coming into CrossFit and thinking that if I change or ask for a modifier it's like okay weakling like sure yeah we can do that for you and we can get you you know a nice little pink bow for your hair and uh, I I didn't really want to say something and then I remember after base camp had finished and I was doing a class and I was doing a push press or something and uh, I remember specifically with my right shoulder and it hurt and I kept trying to to go through the rest of the workout and I wasn't saying anything and it was actually Allie who uh, one of your coaches Allie Jacoby and she had said uh, you know like what are you making that face for what's wrong and I said oh you know my shoulder really hurts and it was an immediate estoppel we're changing the practices then for the rest of the workout you're going to do xyz you'll still engage the same muscle set that we're working on through the posted exercise but you know the responsibility of the individual that if you want to get the most out of CrossFit and you want to get the most out of your range of motion and your your strength be upfront level I mean it doesn't make you not equipped to compete it doesn't make you not equipped to show up and sweat and burn like everybody else does but be upfront about it because I have to wonder how many times I went home with a sore shoulder, but it was was my own fault. I never said anything. I never told anybody. You know, that's that's something that you know we usually try to mention too at the beginning of class. Like if somebody has or needs any modifications, then like let us know. And you know, there are people that uh, that do say, you know, I, I can't go overhead today, or you know, whatever whatever the reasons are, we we want to modify for that. And it's like. Um, I've, I've had athletes in the past say like, oh, I, I didn't want to say anything because I didn't want to be the weak link. And it's like, if something, like if I, you know, tweak something in a workout or something happens, like I'm going to be the first one to modify. And, you know, you shouldn't, shouldn't feel bad about that. You know, if you're, if you're at home, yeah. Oh yeah. I modify. But like if, uh, if, you know, you're out shoveling, you know, five yards of gravel or whatever, and then you show up to a workout with some like kettlebell swings and running and box jumps or whatever, and maybe your hands are a bit torn up and you're doing pull-ups and, and stuff. And you're like, you know, back is smoked from, you know, something that you're not used to doing. And, uh, I, I, you know, definitely wouldn't have someone doing kettlebell swings if it's getting their lower back fired up. So, you know, we would, we would get you doing something different. Maybe goblet squats would be a better, better movement for that person. And, you know, it is maybe a little bit of trial and error and it's like, Hey, let's try this. And, you know, if it's still bothering someone, then we find something else for them to do. But, 
um, yeah, we definitely want people to, to modify if there's something there. And like I said, I'm, uh, I'm the first one. If, if something's not feeling right on me, I'll modify it. And I definitely recommend that, uh, that other athletes do the same. Yeah. I did not know you modified. <laughs> that's good to know actually see but that's there there's something that i kind of learned and i mean you you own and operate this you you've you've competed uh at a, at a high level in crossfit but it's it's reassuring and it's refreshing for somebody like me who doesn't have you know that inherent level of confidence to hear somebody like yourself saying yeah no if you need to modify if you need to change then that's what we're going to do i mean that was another thing too you know kind of going about athletes responsibility here um that the partner workouts like we just did one today it was great um i partnered with mikey who is just destroying it he's killing it he's doing so good and he's a huge motivator for me and he's 10 years younger than me and i i still use him as an example of of someone who's really putting in work but one of the partner workouts that i've done i i learned from your wife Lori, you know talking about responsibilities and being honest uh about about your workout, you know, you see a hundred deadlifts and a uh, hundred deadlifts and you think to yourself, okay, uh, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10. And in, in theory, yes, that all works perfectly. You know how you're going to split the reps. It's no problem. But once you get into it, it gets really rough. And I remember I partnered with Lori once and, you know, I was trying to maintain equal balance of reps and I couldn't do it. And she was really upfront about it and said, you know, if you can't do 10, even though that's what we agreed to, then do three, then do four. And, but be honest about it and, and don't kind of wrench yourself to make the rep. It doesn't count if you're, if you're not doing it properly. No, I, uh, I totally agree with that. And that's something that I've had discussions with coaches about too. When people are partnered up in a, in a partner workout for whatever, well, I guess people feel like they have to do an equal amount of work, um, so that they can, you know, share the load sort of thing. And, uh, and that's totally not the case. Like anytime there's a workout, it's like the workout should should produce a certain a certain response. Um, like if if we're doing a workout together, and like you said, the goal is to get you know 100 deadlifts done as part of the part of this chipper workout. Um, you know, if if you do plan on doing 10 right off the bat and alternating back and forth, and Usually, usually, usually the athlete that has a bit more experience, like, you know, can look at maybe the newer athlete and be like, okay, like I can see you're struggling, just, you know, drop the bar and I'll, yeah. I'll take it. And, and, uh, I know sometimes people are like, no, no, I can do it. And they're like grinding their yeah. way through reps and stuff like that. And obviously we don't want to see form and technique break down at any point, but you know, it's just with partner workouts, usually you want to, you want to keep them pretty fast paced. You don't want to be going slow and grinding your way through reps. You want to, you want to, you know, switch off as needed. And, uh, there's, you know, no one's going to be an exact match when they partner up as well. So some, someone's going to have, um, you know, stronger, stronger movements in that workout than, than the other person. And it's like, you'll just alternate back and forth. And, you know, I've, I've partnered up with some brand new athletes who, um, who maybe don't have all the, all the exact movements that are written on the board. So we scale it for them. And, uh, I still have like a, a damn good workout with them and, uh, don't have any issues with, uh, with, uh, partnering up with anyone like that because it's just sharing the load appropriately so that each person gets the desired effect of the workout. And, uh, you know, I just watch the, watch the other person and it, if it looks like they're just dying a little inside and, and outside, then it's like, I'll just, you know, pick up a little extra work and tell them to rest. And, you know, it's just, it's a good, it's a partnership. You got to talk back and forth and be like, you know, how are you feeling? And, you know, the other day, one of the guys, uh, Mark, I was partnered up with him for a partner workout. He's laying on his back on the concrete and I'm like, okay, just lay there. I'll, I'll keep going for a little bit. And, uh, cool. it was good. Yeah. Good. Good. Stay there. <laughs> but it was, uh, and it worked out great. And like, he was, he was a beast when it came to like the shoulder to overhead and, and toes to bar and stuff. So he just picked up a little bit more there, but, uh, yeah. yeah. So, 
with uh, what, what happened once you had finished uh, base camp and, and jumped into regular classes, Sean? Like, uh, I know that's, you know, sometimes people go through base camp. It's a lot different because it's, it's a slower pace. We focus, you know, a lot on technique. We do that in classes too, but it's, it's totally different. And then there's like a short little burner of a workout afterwards. Now, you know, you're in a class with people who have been coming two, three, four, five years. And, uh, and you know, I, I want people to feel comfortable in it, but you know, I'm, I'm starting to understand a little bit more that people are pretty intimidated, you know, jumping into regular classes. Yeah, uh, very good, very good point. I, I was very much intimidated uh, coming in to the regular classes, not because I felt ill-prepared, um, so to speak. It was just a matter of you, you're kind of running around with the with the big dogs now, right? And you, you see faces that you haven't seen before. You see body types that you haven't seen before. And you're just like, oh, what am I getting into? And a huge uh, amount of that was just, you know, kind of having your own little introspective conversation and say, you know what, you're, they're not doing your shoulder to overhead. They're not doing your push press. They're not doing your kettlebell swings. You are doing your swings. You are doing them for yourself in your workout. And so I, I really kind of... in for the first like two classes until I turned into the loud mouth that I naturally am, I kind of just stayed to myself and I realized when I changed my thought process and became a little bit more vocal and asking people about how they were going to approach the workout, I realized that everybody had their own kind of, you know, their own plan of attack and their own insecurities and their own concerns as to how they were going to finish it off. And uh, I was happy with that. And I, I was impressed with the the follow through with the technique. And it, it doesn't stop in base camp. The, the coach is still, it's obvious, it's evident there's consistent methodology in this and the workouts that you do. So you never get too far away from still learning. I mean, out of the base camp, you still, even to this day, I am still learning uh, how to do it. So it was, uh, it's, it's been a good experience. It's consistent learning. It is, uh, what do you say, challenge yourself or nothing changes if nothing changes. So I think that if you come in with the mindset of just working on yourself, you'll find that people are doing the same and also want to be collaborative and supportive of one another to make yourself better in it. That's cool. One of my, one of my mottos is, uh, especially for CrossFit training, is first you get good, then you get better. And, uh, you know, once, once you get good at a movement, it's like, don't, you know, don't be happy with just that. It's like, how can you get better? You know, yeah. say, say you're working on double unders and, you know, you don't have double unders, but you know, you, you work on it and it's a, it's a skill that doesn't come overnight. Um, I've maybe seen one person in the past 10 years that has picked him up like the very first time she did him. And, uh, but other than that, like for most people, it's, uh, it takes months of practice and you want to practice, you know, when you're fresh, when you're tired, not just during workouts, but, you know, just putting in five minutes a day after, you know, every workout that you do just to, just to work on the movements and, uh, um, the consistency and the timing, like, you know, if you're always working on it when you're tired, it's not going to be good. If you're always working on it with, when it's fresh, it's going to be very tough to do them in workouts. So you, you had a question. Well, not a question, but I, I had an observation for sure. You know, coming into the, after the base camp, it was like, okay, what's, what's this workout and how intense is it going to be? But I've been remarked, I mean, not even just in your weightlifting classes, but we've been doing a lot of wads where it's just technique. I mean, we did front squats, three, 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 three. And, you know, you're, you get a good burn and you feel tired at the end of it. But it's, I, I think people have to get out of their head that you're not running with a 50 pound bag of cement over hurdles for 90 minutes, no breaths, no stopping, right? I think that people need to understand that you can get a lot out of CrossFit that doesn't have to necessarily do with high intensity cardio. It's, it's great strength building. It's great body movement, you know? Yeah, we do. Well, there we do have strength workouts that are going to be specifically strength workouts. You know, if you're if you're pushing yourself at a hundred percent every day and you're you're maxing everything out, like it's only going to be a matter of time before things start to break down. So, I know people like the like the hot and sweaty workouts, and I'm sure there'd be a lot of people that would like to you know to to go 
you know, a hundred percent every day, like pushing themselves. But if you're doing, you know, 20, 30, 40 minute AMRAPs or like long grinder workouts every day, like it'll just wear you down. So, you know, doing stuff like, like you mentioned, like the front squats, seven sets of three, where we're not loading up our shoulders, we're not going overhead. Um, you know, if you're, if you've got a good, uh, you know, a good weight on that bar for those three reps, like you shouldn't be excited to go back to that bar for those squats. And you really want to, uh, you know, take the appropriate amount of rest, maybe like, you know, three, four minutes in between sets. And, uh, and, uh, yeah, that's, you know, to be able to walk away from that, it should be a different kind of like draining effect than, you know, uh, a 20 minute AMRAP. And then we do have the short burner workouts, like something that might be, you might spend a lot of the workout doing, yeah, 21, 15, nine workouts or like 15, 10, five, or like, you know, three minute repeats or something like that with five minutes recovery in between like stuff that's going to jack your heart rate up and get you to, you know, a level that you're not used to going. If you're always doing 20, 30 minute workouts, you'll get good at those. But as soon as something comes up where it's super high intensity and you're not used to it, um, it's, it's a totally different ball game. Um, and those workouts that are going to be like really short, high intensity, you'll spend the majority of the class warming up and doing you know, skill work and, and refining your repetitions before you go and hit that workout. Cause it is going to be like, this is, you don't rechalk your hands. You don't go and grab water. This is, bell. you don't drop that kettlebell or barbell or whatever. And it's just, just go. Yeah. So, I have. okay. I have a question now for those of you, we didn't declare this or I don't know. I didn't hear the intro uh, before I got here, but the deal was that I get three questions. This is not one of the three questions. I just honestly need to know when uh, Paul and other coaches here, they, they post the, the next day's workout, usually in the evening, the day before. And so you look at some of these workouts. Now I've made it a note lots of times where I'm like, I'm just not checking the wad because you know, you, especially for more or less an amateur or a novice, you psych yourself out and you think, I can't, I can't. But when you do these workouts, and I know, okay, there's all this technique and I want to, fo- but like, do you honestly say like, this will screw them? Like, <laughs> this will be good. So usually like, usually like planning it, planning workouts, uh, there's, there's a dose response that you want to provide to people and a desired effect for for uh what you want to happen in the workout and for some time like you know usually there's specific time domains and you know if i plan you know fran which we did last week and it's you know for for members here the goal is usually between say six and eight minutes so an average average time the fastest times in the world are like around that two minute mark and uh and it's, it's crazy to see like the, the videos on that, but like, you know, average, if you're going to be doing, you know, kipping pull-ups and they're broken up a little bit and say, if you're doing like a, you know, RX, so 65 pound thrusters for ladies, 95 for guys, we're going to explain like how you should be feeling during the workout. Um, you know, what weight you should use. Like, you know, I might say you, if you want to do this RX, completely fresh, you should be able to do 21 unbroken thrusters at 95 pounds if you're a guy. If you have to break that those thrusters up and do like, you know, three or four sets and you're trying to get to the number 21, like this is going to take you a long time. And then say you don't have kipping pull-ups or something uh, and you're going to do, you know, some, some strict or whatever the variation is and it's going to take you you're going to be breaking every two to three reps. That's going to be, it's going to take you forever to do that workout. So that's not the goal. That's not the desired effect of, of friend. You know, if my goal is to get you done in that six to eight minutes, part of the warm up, we're going to be like, you know, giving you the appropriate weight and getting everyone to do their reps together. Uh, we might do like a set of say, you know, seven thrusters, um, and then seven pull-ups, and then six and six, five and five, four and four, take a break for 90 seconds or two minutes, and then let's let's hit the workout. So you wanna be breathing heavily, you wanna be like really warmed up for those movements. We would do some, you know, kipping pull-up technique prior to that. We'd be doing some thruster technique prior to that, trying to make them as efficient as possible. 
And, uh, and once again, like, you know, looking at the times on the board that day, like everyone was in within six to eight minutes and there was a lot of different variations. There was different weight. There was people that couldn't do, uh, pull-ups for, for some reason, uh, or another. And, uh, so we just modified and gave them like, you're, you're going on the Airdyne bike. So it's going to be thrusters and Airdyne, which they still finished in that amount of time. And it still produced the same effect, um, as, uh, as someone doing, you know, thrusters and pull-ups. So, you know, it's, it's, scaling a workout, there's absolutely nothing wrong with it. And I, I definitely want people to get it out of their heads that they need to be doing stuff RX to, to be successful. And that's totally not it. Cause you know, everyone once again, starts at a different, different point. And, uh, some people take longer to get to a certain, like people might take six months to do an RX workout or a year or two years or three years. And you know what? It's, it's, the process. It's not, you know, it's not just about the destination. How fast can I get there? It's just, you know, consistent progress. And, uh, yeah, taking, sorry, yeah, taking your victories where you can, like, for example, you know, looking at the, the workout today, which was double 300 and there was 50 pull-ups, a hundred deadlifts, hundred pushups, hundred box jumps, hundred floor wipers, hundred clean and press, 50 pull-ups. Now, my first response when I saw this workout, thinking about Paul, was like, "Who hurt you, bro? Like, why?" But it was, <laughs> but, it, but it was Lori, yeah, Lippy Lori, and I was like, "Damn you, Kraus, Kraus, right?" So, anyways, um, you know, talking about modification and and if you can't do RX in the first few months or the first year or whatever, for me, I find a great sense of satisfaction if I can even just find one of the many exercises in the workout to do at RX. So, clean and press, you know, I could do the RX today. Perhaps on a on a hang clean, I couldn't with a bar, but in that particular style with that particular weight, I could do it. And for me, that's a huge, huge, you know, kind of sense of satisfaction and goal from it. And I think that you don't have to necessarily be doing RX for everything and, and, and thinking, well, if I'm not, then I'm not competing. You are, as long as you kind of set your own benchmarks and your own level of of attentiveness to where you want to get. And so for me, when I did the clean and press RX, it was like, yeah, like, cool. I did it. That's awesome. And that shows progress too. So that's something you definitely got to be proud about. You don't, you don't look at the whole workout and like, oh, I didn't, you know, I didn't RX this or I scaled that or whatever. It's like, you know, you do the best you can with, you know, where you're at on any given day. And you know what, some days you roll into the gym and you're not feeling super awesome. And, uh, maybe, you know, you just haven't been eating great or sleeping great the past couple of days. And that's gonna, that's gonna reflect in your workout. So you just have to scale appropriately. And maybe it means that, you know, you don't push yourself as hard in the workout and you're just going to be like, you know what, I'll, I'll just go at 80% today so that, you know, tomorrow I can, I can still train or, you know, I, I've got other stuff going on and want to be, you know, able to have energy for the rest of my life. So, but, um, yeah, definitely not something I want people to kind of get stuck on. It's like, you know, you just come in do the best you can every day. And you had mentioned like looking at the, the workouts on the, on the blog, um, sometimes that psychs people out and, yeah. uh, and it's like, I can't do any of that. I, you know, I might as well just not go today. Like our job as coaches is to get you through the workout, get you to have a fun time with it, you know, give you appropriate loading for the exercises or modify the exercises accordingly and, uh, just make it, make it successful. Like we want people's experience here to be the best hour of their day every time they come in. And, uh, and you know, if we come, if you come in and, we're not doing our job with that, then that's, that's a fail for us. Um, I, I remember one woman, uh, Evelyn was saying that, uh, the first two weeks that she, she got out of base camp and she's look, looking at the workouts on the blog and she's like, I can't do this. I gotta, I gotta quit. I can't keep doing this because, uh, you know, the workouts, she didn't know exactly what all the, you know, what all the terminology or the movements were. And she's like, I don't know how I'm going to do this. I don't even know the movements. And like, that's, that's the goal for, for the coaches. Like that's our job is to explain things, to break it down, to scale it, and then to get you doing, you know, the best you can with it. Yeah. Uh, you know, education was a huge part of it too. Like, uh, all the coaches do, 
uh, kind of a preamble before the workout of the day starts and they, they show you every exercise. And, you know, I'm, I'm really impressed because I remember when I started, I, I had no idea. I thought you were all a bunch of perverts, like, Ugh, nice bucks and clean and jerk that. And you're just like, what is going on? Right. And so, uh, but now I have an opportunity to, I find myself saying, oh, that's uh, a push press. Yes, you can dip in your knees or, you know, that bar seems a bit heavy. Why don't you try doing that? And I think that the education that comes uh, to your clients is vitally important too because we almost become self-sustaining and we also we all try and kind of self-check each other and make sure we're we're being attentive to form definitely check yourself check yourself before you wreck yourself <laughs> so um, so one thing I'd like to ask you Sean yeah. is yeah. you've been a member since about January mm -hmm. what are the biggest changes you've seen in the past six months uh, biggest changes. Um, I have only lost four pounds since January, but I've dropped almost four inches in my waist alone. So, I mean, I've always been a heavier guy, as I said, growing up. And my goal with fitness when I started losing weight and trying to was like be as tiny and as waif-like and as stick-like as I could be. And uh, I, I'm really starting to embrace here at Stark, like, no, own that frame. Own the fact that you've got wide shoulders. Own the fact that you've got big quads and that you can you know, be a part of it. So I, I couldn't, I could do five push-ups when I started and I felt that that was a personal goal and I was doing good. I've done warm-ups where it's 50, 45, 40, 35, 30, right? Uh, Ali's known for doing those actually, where we've done these, these bizarre warm-ups. And I think to myself afterwards, like there was a time when I first started and I could only do five push-ups, and now I've done the equivalent just today. I did I've done 300 reps between six or seven different exercises. So just seeing how my body's baseline level of, of athleticism and conditioning and stability and range of motion, it's it's multifaceted. It's I feel completely different than I did uh, in January. And from a mental aspect too, I mean, I work in, a, in, in human resources and in, in payroll and with people's money and it at times can be very stressful and people are very uh, difficult to deal with. They can be very rude and they can be very condescending. And so I've come into Stark a few days just having a right shitty day and by the time I've left an hour later, my mindset is, is completely different. I feel energized. I feel excited. I feel like I've left that day behind and I've got four hours before I got to go bed. That's my time, you know? Cool. I like that. Um, yeah, sometimes people put, uh, you had mentioned about, uh, you know, dropping four pounds since January, but like, you know, four, you said four inches, like around yeah, waist or yeah, like around where? waist alone. Okay, but you gained it in the chest and the arms? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. And there's, there's, there's something there, you know. When, when you, there's you there's substance. Guns, it's, yeah. It's a legitimate, like, my wife will try and, sorry, my wife will try and, like, pull down on my bicep, and I'm holding it. You know what I mean? Like, that's, it's, it's crazy to have that. It's bizarre. Yeah. The, you know, looking, putting, putting all your value in numbers on the scale, definitely not, you know, something that that I recommend people do. Um, you know, everyone's got different goals, but if all you're doing is like, it's just a number on the scale and you're not, you know, focused or excited on like, hey, I started off with five push-ups and I can do like 25 or 30 unbroken now, or, you know, my back squat, I was able to back squat a empty barbell for five times and my legs were destroyed. And then like now it's like, okay, I can throw like, yeah, body weight on the bar and be able to bang out 10 reps and, uh, and it's, you know, pretty, pretty awesome. So, um, that's, that's something that, you know, not everyone focuses on and, uh, and you definitely got to keep that in mind. Like there's other, other things that play and other, other important factors too, rather than just, you know, dropping weight on the scale. So, um, you know, looking at different, uh, different factors like, you know, resting heart rate and blood pressure and lipid levels and, yeah. and, uh, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So sleeping better. Uh, yeah, just a whole bunch of stuff. So, you know, all, all that stuff, not everyone, you know, thinks about that because that's not what, uh, that's, you know, not the number on the scale or the, the number on the scale doesn't show that stuff. And, uh, you know, I think, I think athletic people look, better naked too so oh, yeah, much, yeah. <laughs> much 
<laughs> so, or so I've heard. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, you know, if you put pants on and you have to wear a belt because you don't have a bum to, like, help hold them up, then that's yeah. that's a huge issue. That is. <laughs> so, Everyone needs an ass. Is it pan- pancake ass or something? Yeah. <laughs> so don't want that. Ain't nobody want that. <laughs> so, so, um, so another question I have for you, Sean, is uh, what have you learned about yourself since starting... Uh, Chris fit here. <laughs> spelling, spelling, a little spelling error. No, CrossFit here at Stark. I don't know much about CrossFit. <laughs> I do know some stuff about CrossFit. Uh, what is? Uh, what have I learned about myself? Um, that. <laughs> Truthfully, uh, I and, and it, without sounding kind of cliche, but I've I've learned that kind of. Um, internal self-determination. I've, I've learned what it's like to power through. I've learned what it's like to get that pump and to, to be invigorated and to feel really excited about, about what you're doing and, you know, meeting the next set of exercise with intensity. I've learned that I can be my weird self and, and be out, outspoken and, and be in an environment where it's, it's embraced and, People give me their own individuality as a result, and it's it's just a really cool place. That I've learned to be a much more open individual. I've learned to be more well-rounded in all aspects of of athletic life and 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 just you know day-to-day life, dealing with other people. It makes me happier. Um, I'm happier when I'm involved, and that was something that I I always avoided. I always hated working out. Oh, let's go run a block. And I'm like, no, I'm not running a block. Let's sit here and do nothing. And now I, with my sister-in-law, Sam, after we finish workouts, it's walk a block, jog a block. And we did the equivalent of two miles a couple times a week. And that, I would never do that. That would never be in my spectrum. And I was the one who asked her to do it. You know, so uh, those are some things that I've learned about myself that I, I am inclined to to perform, and I do have a body type that can help me be really good at some stuff, and that gives me a level of self-confidence like I've never had before. That's awesome. Um, yeah, no, that's, that's unbelievable that it's been able to help in other areas of the life as well, because that's, that's something we definitely want to see, not just, not just get, getting better inside the gym, but, you know, seeing the level of confidence building up outside the gym and just being able to, being able to do more and have a better quality of life. And, and that's what, you know, what most of the people here at Stark, uh, the goal is training for training for life. And, you know, there's, there's very few people who want to be extremely like highly competitive and, uh, and always the main, main goal is like, you know, longevity. Like I, I almost lost my right leg in a motocross accident like 20 years ago. And I was told I was going to have like my, you know, need a knee replacement within two years. And, and now I'm, you know, still able to do more than I was able to when I was 16 years old. And it's, uh, yeah, it's pretty crazy. Like I, you know, my major focus is, uh, is longevity. Like I want to be able to do this stuff for as long as possible. And, um, you know, that's, uh, that's what I want for other members here too. Like I want to see them when I'm grocery shopping and they're a hundred years old, you know, carrying baskets and stuff. Yeah. And, uh, and like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like, you know, take those chips out of your cart and like throw them back on the shelf. Like, you know, um, definitely want to see people doing that. And I can definitely see, uh, you know, several people, you know, being, being those individuals. So, so, um, so what, what goals do you have for yourself, whether it's short term or long term, like both? Okay, awesome. No, it's, it's goal settings, goal settings important. Uh, short term, short term goal. Uh, <laughs> remember, I talked to you about this about a week ago or two weeks ago now, or I sent you a text and uh, I had partnered with your wife, most intense wad I've had to date. Uh, no, I partnered with Lori, uh, Paul's wife, uh, in a, in a partner workout and she moved at a level of consistent speed and pace that I, I really want to attain to at one point. So short term would be to meet up with, with Lori for another partner workout and feel as though I'm equitably, 
competing with her, despite the fact that she's really, you know, good about being honest and upfront. I really want to meet her. Want to meet her halfway, like the Black Eyed Peas say, right? Uh, long term, I would like one day uh, to compete in a, in a CrossFit or some type of formalized CrossFit event. Uh, so, I mean, whether that's three years from now, whether it's ten years from now, I'm I'm interested in the in the journey. But I. One of my first experiences after going to base camp, I went and watched you guys at CrossFit. And I was like, hey, look, they got a robot to compete. And it was you. And I was like, whoa, they, they, everyone's so intense. And I saw Allie, one of your coaches, lifting. And I thought to myself, she's just a little girl. And she is incredibly strong. Yeah, I said that about you. Allie's here, by the way. She's sticking her tongue out at me. Uh, yeah, doing pull-ups. I pick things up. I put some down. Anyways, Ali was, you know, lifting an incredible amount of weight and I saw a broad spectrum of body types there and ages and, and backgrounds and all these quote unquote comp competing gyms, but it was such a huge uh, community event. And I saw people from opposing gyms cheering for opposing teams or, or remarking to each other uh, afterwards how great they did at something. And I want to be a part of that environment. I think that's where a personality type like mine will really thrive. So long term, I'd like to see myself even more involved in some of the formal aspects of it. Like I did 17, uh, the CrossFit um, Open, I only did 17.1, but uh, I did 17.1. And I, I was like, this is really intense. And I watched other people compete through the rest of the workouts. And I thought to myself, that's something that I want to do. So for sure, long term would be, maybe well, that's what I'll say. I want to do the CrossFit Open next year. All right? Going to the games. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, no, it's cool. Like, you know, just as a, as a spectator seeing that, um, you know, at a, a local competition. And it's like, it's something that, ex like, it starts within each and every CrossFit gym and it just expands, you know. You end up going to different, like you said, competitions and everyone from different gyms, different teams is is supportive and they're cheering you on. And, and it's, you know, really really cool to see and um you know what it's it's cool because it's that it's the same feeling you get in in your own box in your own gym um for for those of you that don't know a box is a crossfit gym so if uh, <laughs> you know people keep talking about their boxes and you're like uh just wow. yeah yeah Thanks. yeah we got a pretty small box right now but uh we're getting, <laughs> we're getting a big box but anyways um yeah we uh it's it's really cool to have that community and you know what it's it's awesome being able to go and travel you know anywhere in Canada and US and like in the world and you walk into a CrossFit gym and it's like you know it's like it's like being at home yeah exactly so um, no that's awesome so so Sean's got some questions and uh, I don't know what they are so let's let's uh, let's let's get this started <laughs> okay so yeah. Uh, when Paul originally asked me to do this, which I'm, I'm I, again, super appreciate you asking me to do it. It's really, it's kind of cool to to be, you know, involved with this. But I, I thought he was just trying to, like, kind of talking out loud and was like, oh, we, we should do something. We should do a podcast. So I went through all these questions and I was like, I know, I'll ask him all these questions. And so I brought it to his attention and he was like, no, no actually, it's more the other way around. Like, I ask you a bunch of questions. And so I said I would do it under the condition that I could ask him three questions. So uh, first question, they're, they're all quasi yeah, if you're on a desert island. No, okay. So the first, they're all kind of CrossFit, quasi-CrossFit related. But, um, and this question, I, I don't want this coach answer like, oh, you know, every day just be an athlete and blah, blah. I just want like Paul, real, real talk. Hashtag, hashtag Paul, real dick. Hashtag real dick. Anyways... <laughs> Okay, so out of all the different types of exercises that you do in maneuvers and movement, this is a question, by the way, so I hope you're paying attention. Okay, so after all the different types of workouts and exercises that come with CrossFit, what is the one exercise in CrossFit that you're like, God damn, I effing hate 
this type of exercise. And I don't want to hear like, oh, you know, you got to do those so that you get stronger and better. Like, I want to know if, if, if they said, okay, Paul, you have to do 500 of blah, 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 you would just be dead and go, no, I hate doing those. <laughs> um, that's... <laughs> Honestly, I, I, I really don't know what the answer to that is. Oh, you know, okay, I, oh. I, I suck at straight dance and push-ups, um, but I, I like doing them. Um, I don't enjoy the feeling of my neck afterwards because of having broken it rock climbing previously. I, I don't enjoy the impact of my head coming in contact with the ground. But, um, but, uh, I. Honestly, like I think a lot of it comes from Ironman training. Like we've done four Ironman events in the past, and it's it's like very monotonous swimming in the pool, lap after lap, running, you know, step after step, mile after mile, and biking, you know, staring at the wall in the basement for three hours at a time, doing like a hundred k ride. Like you know, it's very monotonous, and you just sort of it, it's mental training. Like you know, I and I want. That's something I've I've said, you know, to athletes. I, I like to program a lot of different stuff in here. And I just saw someone uh, had posted like doing double bell clean and jerks today, and just like you know hadn't really been exposed to them. And that's I like exposing our athletes to a lot of different things, so that if something comes up in a workout and you're competing, you're just like okay, like mm -hmm. yeah, we've done that. Like you know, maybe I don't like them, but whatever. Like I'll I'll do it. Um, but you know what, yeah, you know what, it would, it would probably, yeah, it would probably, we'll say strict handstand pushups. I've definitely gotten better at them. I still have a long way to go to get better at them, but, uh, we'll, yeah, we'll go with that one. Not that anyone asked me, I don't like burpees. Yeah. They're my most, most, uh, Hated. I mean, I mean, I, I hate's a strong word, but I'm using it because, interestingly, it feels like my spine is snapping every time I do them. And there's no amount of practice. I'm sorry. It just, I, I don't think I'll ever want to be friends with burpees. So, um, but handstand push-up. Also, like, are you an action star? Like, you've rock climbed. You've been in this in intense accident. Like, I didn't realize you had such adversity. Like, legit, guys. This is not contrived for the show. I had no idea you had you know, dealt with such personal adversity. So I'm going to, I'm going to throw out one of my questions. My question was next one was about butt winking, uh, to define butt winking. And if you've ever butt winked, but you don't have to answer that. I'm throwing that out because, uh, in, you know, in, in light of this information, you know, kind of of what Paul's gone through, how, I guess it's easier to ask than it is to answer, but how, after dealing with these setbacks in your life, how did you find this kind of determination to not only make yourself healthier, but then to extend this environment to everybody else? Um, I, I, I guess when I was in the hospital for after snapping my leg in half, I was in there for three months, and uh, and there was some stuff like you know I had seen on TV kickboxing I had never you know never really known about it before that and I I kind of uh said you know after I heal up I'm I'm gonna get into that I'm gonna yeah. you know compete in that and even triathlon and uh actually when I wanted to my, my goal was to do a full Ironman by the time I was 30 and at the time when I decided that I didn't know how to swim so it was it's a 2.4 mile swim for uh, for a triathlon, yeah, with 3,000 people punching and kicking you. But I was like, okay, so you know, you, you set this big goal, and then it's like, okay, now I got to work back from there. And uh, it's like, okay, so I'm going to sign up for you know some Olympic distance and sprint distance races, and uh, and even a half Ironman. And then it's like, okay, now I have to learn how to swim, otherwise I will drown and not be able to live to, to meet my goal. So ended up going and like finding a coach and stuff like that to help swim. So wonder Wanda, uh, was, was pretty awesome. She was, uh, very, very interesting individual and coach who I had met through the wellness Institute and, uh, pretty, uh, 
yeah, pretty, pretty amazing individual. Very like she's helped so many people learn to swim and get into triathlon. She's been a great, great help for the sport here in the city. Uh, and, uh, yeah, great, really great person. Got some interesting stories with, uh, with her as well, but, uh, we'll leave that for another time. But, um, I think it was just, uh, you know, always, always having different goals and, and, um, you know, always wanting to see what, what you're capable of and just wanting to see that from other people as well. And, uh, you know, when I was in, when I was doing physio rehab on my knee, I had an amazing physiotherapist who, uh, who had, uh, I, I was seeing her, I don't even remember her name, but she was at uh, seven Oaks general hospital and, uh, my, I, I didn't have that much knee flexion, um, after, after my multiple surgeries on my leg, after the motocross accident. And she's like, um, you know, here, here, what we're going to do is I'll just give you this rag and like lay on your stomach. And I'm like, okay. What, what am I doing? She goes, just put it in between your teeth. And I'm like, what do you mean? And she's like, I want you to bite down on it because I'm going to be reefing on your leg. Like we got to get this thing moving. And I bit down on this rag and it was like just grinding my way through it as she's like forcing flexion in my knee. And she's like, it's not good. Your leg's not going to be stuck like this. And, uh, it was so painful, but like, you know, I, I think recovering from injury, like you, you might have doctors say, you know, they give you worst case scenario, like, Hey, you're never going to walk normally again or run or kick a soccer ball or, you know, stuff like you've done previously. And it's, you can either sit there and you can take it and be like, okay, like why try? This is what I've been told. So I'm just going to, you know, just not attempt to even, you know, change that. Or you can be like, well, you know, let's, let's see what we can make happen with, uh, you know, if I keep trying and keep pushing myself, you know, there's, uh, there's always potential to, to, get better. And, uh, I know that that's something that, you know, anyone who walks through the doors here can, can definitely do too. We can always do better. And, you know, our, our, one of our hashtags that we use all the time is uh, hashtag better than yesterday. And, uh, you know, even if people come in and they're getting like 1% better every day, like that's going to add up. I know everyone wants to get like hundred percent better overnight and that doesn't happen. So it's just all those, you know, all those small victories add up day after day. So, yeah. But, uh, all right. Wow. I guess that's question two for you, buddy. Yeah, I, do have one. <laughs> I do have one more, but in, in all seriousness, I mean, you know, just kind of in, as a response to what Paul was talking about, I seriously had no idea that, you know, you had dealt with those kinds of things and that's crazy. And <laughs> like, like I banged my arm on the way out coming here to do the podcast and I was like oh god I can't go like I, I, I I'm just remarked by uh you know the kind of ad adversity that you've dealt with and it really kind of puts things in perspective when I bang my arm on the door and I'm like well now I can't do anything with this arm for the rest of the day right so yeah. Um, okay. Third and final question. Um, and I don't even know if it's, if it's something that I'll get a direct answer on, but if, if, if you weren't in this CrossFit world, if you were not doing what you do, uh, you know, opening the new Stark uh, facility, doing all the different types of programming that you do, doing the nutrition and, and the coaching development and the long-term athlete development, what is your alternate career choice. So they say, okay, Paul, you can do whatever you want now. You can have any job in the world. There's no restrictions, any job. What would it be? Hmm. That's, that's a good one. And that's, uh, that's something I had sort of, <laughs> something I had sort of been asking myself over, uh, over the past year, especially with, um, you know, moving, moving to Stark 2.0. It's, uh, it's a huge jump from where we're at right now. And, um, you know, like I would, I would ask myself constantly, like, you know, is this something you want to be doing? This is a huge risk that, uh, that you're taking for, for yourself and for, for my family and stuff like that. And it's just like, you know, you, you want to be successful, you know, that movie field of dreams. Like if you build it, they will come. It's like, no, that's not, that's not always what happens. Like that movie would have sucked if they built it. No, no one, one showed up. Yeah. Yeah. It'd be like a really short movie. We don't play baseball anymore. <laughs> but anyways, um, that was, that's something I had seriously been asking. I'm like, you know what? I, I honestly don't know what else I would rather be doing. Like I, I love coaching. 
Um, I love working with people and, uh, you know, I, I was like looking at different professions and stuff and I'm just like, there's, there's nothing else I'd, I'd rather be doing. And, uh, previous to this, I was going through the application process for police and RCMP (laughs) (laughs) when I, when I had broken my neck and back doing a, in a rock climbing accident. And, uh, I couldn't, and I couldn't, uh, I couldn't actually sit through the interviews. I had to stand and, uh, I ended up having to, to pull out. <laughs> yes, I said pull out. Yeah, I'm leaving now. <laughs> I had to, to pull out because I couldn't even, uh, even in university, I couldn't sit through exams. I had to do them standing and lectures. I'd be the creeper standing at the back of the class. But um, yeah, it was just constant pain uh, in in my back and sciatica and all that fun stuff. But uh, I, yeah, I was going through that application process and uh, and... Coach. Yeah, it's, it's, it's yeah, that's got to be it. There's there's nothing else I I'd rather be doing. Living present, living in living in the life. That's actually you know what. To be honest, I kind of expected that, and I. Well, part of me wanted to be like I I would get from you like yeah I'm gonna be I'm gonna join the circus I'm gonna be a trapeze artist I would if I could do anything I would be a lifeguard in Saint Tropez or whatever but uh, yeah no that's I I actually I don't think there's any other career you should be doing I mean uh, Stark is unlike any type of uh, gym or athletic center that I've ever gone into and I think it's indicative of of your style and and the people that you've brought into your circle around you and the people that you've mentored into coaches they're all kind of an extension of of your image of this of this facility and i think that it's it's important i think there's a good sense of recognition as to what stark is and what it brings to the crossfit world and what it brings to your own sense of personal development so yeah good on you you're doing right Click here to sign up now. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that was uh, no, that that was it was awesome having you on the the podcast uh, today, Sean. And uh, yeah, there's there's nothing else I'd rather be doing. The you know the coaches that we have here are are amazing, and you know I love working with them. Um, got some great people. Our members are are amazing too. Like I can't complain about anyone we have here, and um, you know it's just. An amazing community. I kind of think about this place as being a, a puzzle, and like everyone like fits in somewhere. So, um, but uh, yeah, we're we're pretty lucky. So, I uh, just want to thank everyone for for listening to the podcast and for Shonda, you know, having having come on and you know shared his experiences with uh, with us and with you. And um, yeah, if there's any any other uh, topics you want to hear about, definitely let us know. You can either give us a call at uh, 204-421-8801 or send us an email, info at S-T-A-R-K-E strength.com. And uh, like I said uh, at the beginning, we are one month away from uh, getting into our uh, our new space, Stark 2.0. Once again, we got some awesome programs uh, starting up uh, in, in that space as well. So... Uh, Check us out. Uh, website is www.starkstrength.com. And I believe in about a week or so, we should have a brand new kick-ass website up. And uh, yeah, some we got some awesome stuff happening here. So uh, stay tuned, everyone. And thanks again for listening. Mm-hmm.